The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time for our expert slot, and this morning we're focusing on orthopedic injuries. If you've got a query, you can text us on 53106 at a cost of 30 cent, or you can WhatsApp us for free, 087-1400-106. And I'm joined by a consultant orthopedic surgeon at Sports Surgery Clinics and DCU Professor of Orthopedics and Surgical Biomechanics, Brian Devitt. Brian, good morning. Good morning, Pat. We have a problem in this country, don't we? ACLs, more than our share. Yes, yes, we do indeed. Uh, we have an awful lot of people who play sports, which we refer to as pivoting sports. So it means you're changing direction very quickly and therefore we have a high rate of ACL injuries. Yeah, I used to play squash um, a lot years ago. I'm lucky I didn't have one of those ACLs because that's pivoting and twisting and turning and I'm sure we didn't warm up as we should. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, squash is certainly a high risk sport and a lot of impact on your joints. So you don't see many uh, young or old squash players now, unfortunately. Now, talk to me about the difference between uh, an acute sports injury and a chronic one. Yeah, so an acute sport injury, we typically use the, the timeline of anything that happens within six weeks. So if something happens on the field of play, your knee blows up, you get very sore, you have to go off the field of play. More chronic injuries are the likes of tendinopathies, where you have inflammation around the tendon or irritability around the tendon. And they're more attrition with time and they, they tend to uh, occur um, when people get a little bit older. Now, when you have an acute injury, when do you know that you you, you have to go see someone about it and uh, when can you just let it fix itself? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because there's so many various different um, presentations of injury. But I think typically when something affects your ability to carry out your normal daily tasks, I think you should definitely get it looked at. If you have a knee injury, for instance, which I see mostly, if the knee becomes very swollen, that really warrants attention and you should go, go to see yeah. someone. Your GP, first and foremost, they're very well equipped and trained to deal with it. Now, do minor sports in- injuries become major if you don't get them seen to? Yeah, sometimes they do. Um, a lot of times they they will just settle down. Um, if you have a little bit of a strain or some irritability, just take some paracetamol or ibuprofen over the counter and that typically will settle after a couple of weeks. But if it's something that's going on and really lingering, giving you pain at night is a really good uh, symptom to be aware of. What about resting it, icing it? Um, putting heat on it. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, I think all those, the rice um, that people would uh, prescribe, they're very good um, um, early treatment, really. The the rest is really important. So avoid things that hurt you. Elevation is very good to reduce swelling. Um, ice is very good for pain relief. It's not yeah. really good for swelling. It, it's a bit of a myth, but it's very good for pain relief early doors. Mm. Now, what about people who insist on either playing on through the injury or training through the injury? Yeah, I think sometimes they can become more chronic injuries if you don't give things enough time to rest. I think we see it all the time with hamstrings. It seems to be the plague of Irish rugby at the minute, the amount of hamstrings. I think sometimes you probably don't give them enough time to rest or out of sport. We're too eager to get back on the field of play. Yeah, and yet we see fellas crocked on the field of play and uh, the the medics are around them and they're doing all sorts of things and using the magic bottle and whatever and they limp up and five minutes later they're back in the thick of it with 
without a, a shred of evidence that they've been hurt. Yeah, yeah. And I think you different sports. I think the athletes <laughs> respond differently to, to injuries. But certainly when you see the rugby guys, the way they get hit yeah. and they jump up. But the, the, the effect of adrenaline during a game is quite, quite amazing. But they yeah. will certainly be sore afterwards. And so that's sore bodies why someone can complete the game and not be fit maybe to start the next one. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now, some of the, the questions coming in. A seven-year-old child has ankle and heel pain for four weeks, unable to bear weight, complains of constant pain. What might that be? Yeah, so there's a condition where, when, particularly in children, where tendons attach to bones, they typically attach around cartilage, and there is um, a cartilage cap at the end of your heel, and a lot of times that becomes in, inflamed. We use a phrase apophysitis. Um, so that sounds like that might be a condition like that, and certainly that would warrant going to, to a GP. And most of the time it's self-limiting. It does settle down. Yeah, but um, if you keep doing the things that are... Yeah, yeah, and you get around the knee as well, and they, they're all eponymously named. They're named after an individual. Um, but, um, you know, with, with these type of injuries, you're better off resting and taking some anti-inflammatories. But uh, seek uh, assistance from a general practitioner with that, I would say. Mm. Uh, the next one, I had an x-ray, no break discovered, tendon injury, MRI showed focal thinning and fluid awaiting an appointment with an orthopaedic consultant. Yeah, so um, we don't know the joint here, but let's just say it's the it's it's the knee. So we often see that um, with um, vocal thinning would probably reflect thinning of the cartilage. So that's probably an early sign of some wear and tear, I would suspect, in that in that scenario. And a lot of these uh, conditions are managed non-operatively to begin with, and then if anything further happens or the te- symptoms deteriorate, you would seek a, an orthopedic opinion. But that could certainly be dealt with by a general practitioner or a sports medicine physician. Uh, No improvement in the last few weeks, uh, despite resting my ankle on crutches. Uh, Previously very active, particularly gymnastics. Can we expect full recovery? How long does an injury like this last? Yeah, so obviously it depends on, on what the, the injury was to begin with. But most injuries in orthopaedics were pretty simple. We like to use the time period of six weeks. So if things haven't really settled by six weeks, then I would certainly seek further further opinion. But most ankle strains, are, are they will settle within a number of weeks. Uh, I'm a 65-year-old female. I had an MRI and I have tendinopathy and bursitis on my hips. Had pain injections, which helped the bursitis, but still in severe nighttime pain on both hips when lying on side. I cannot sleep on my back. Pain lingers in the morning. What can I do next? Yeah, so this is this is a difficult problem. You see, sixty-five-year-old ladies show should be postmenopausal, and it's, it happens when women age; their estrogen levels drop, so they get a lot of tendinopathies, that inflammation, and little micro tears of the tendon. Um, she probably needs further investigation to see if she actually has truly torn her tendon or if it's just inflammation. So I'd say an MRI scan in that situation would be helpful. Um, and just to see, she was had she mentioned had an MRI, but I'd certainly seek an opinion from an expert on that one. My daughter has a chipped bone in her elbow. They've discovered this two weeks after her x-ray. Does she need a cast at this point? Um, it's difficult to answer that definitively without seeing where the chip of bone has come from, but I would certainly get an opinion from that. Um, one of the things we don't really like to is immobilise joints because they become very stiff, um, but if it's a minor chip, she might be able to get away without having anything done, but she'd certainly need an assessment of someone, an expert, mm. to look at that x-ray. Now, a common complaint that runners will uh, complain of is uh, shin splints. Mm-hmm. What are they? 
Yeah, so shin splints, there are a number of different causes, but um, the one which I would see often is um, where you get a thing called exertional compartment syndrome. So you have muscles within a compartment within your leg and as you exercise, the, this, the um, buildup of pressure becomes too great and you get pain as a result of that. Um, for the most part, um, you can it settles with rest and that, that's yeah. important. Occasionally, you might need surgical intervention, but very, very rarely. And we normally assess the pressures before and after exercise okay. to it can be a frustration when people are training yeah. and suddenly they, they have to stop. There yes, is no choice. Absolutely. Um, my 15-year-old son has been diagnosed with transitional lumbosacral vertebral body with lumbarization of S1. What is this? We, we're all asking that. Can it be cure, cured by surgery or some other uh, technique? He's a keen GAA player and cannot partake in any sports at the moment because he's constantly in pain. Yeah, so lower back pain is very, very common and particularly in young men who are growing. Um, the lumbarization is, is essentially, we, we term the, the various areas of the spine um, by their location and oftentimes um, you have uh, lumbar vertebrae or sacral vertebrae and um, the sacral vertebrae appears like a lumbar vertebrae in your lower back. Um, it's certainly not a surgical intervention typically. Um, I think that would be something one would definitely get a, a spinal opinion or a neuroscience neurosurgical pain just to, just to have an idea but for the most part with children we get them exercising or teenagers and they typically settle mm-hmm. down uh, So many more questions coming in I'm a 57 year old woman with knees that click crack and hurt going up and down stairs some days better than others don't know why can walk around no problem is this a muscle weakness issue or something else what exercise would help and what to avoid is it curable is tennis bad for it? That's a whole pile of questions yeah, from Mary. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, uh, so I would say, you know, as as we age, we all get uh, cracks in our joints. We all get aches and pains. It's very, very normal. I think the key is when we get older is maintain our muscle strength, uh, keep our body weight down. If we have swelling in our knee, to take anti-inflammatories occasionally as they're very he- effective. Um, and also to avoid things that hurt you a lot. But from an exercise perspective, if someone's complaining of arthritis type symptoms, which that sounds like, low load exercise is very effective. So swimming, cycling, Pilates, those type mm-hmm. of exercise are very good. What about uh, reinforcing the quads um, to try and help the knees? Does that work? Yeah, it does. And the likes of cycling is good for that. It gets, uh, gets the muscles activated. Uh, swimming is good because your body weight's eliminated. So if you have symptoms, they're not as pronounced. And then Pilates is excellent because it's a more holistic approach you look at your core muscles and also the muscles of your of your uh, hamstring and gluteal muscles of your backside as well and um, i have fluid on the knee which swells after walking or exercising what can be done if anything yeah so fluid is always um in, in, indicates something bad is happening within your knee I often use the analogy, it's like seeing smoke, we want to find the fire. So you need that investigated. If you have mm. fluid, you should probably have an MRI mm. scan or at the very least an x-ray just to investigate. What's I had a thing called there. synovial chondromatosis years ago, which right. your colleague Ray Moran yes, yeah. sorted for me. Yeah. Um, but that looked like ordinary swelling, but it was something else. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you discover things like that on MRI and the synovial chondromatosis. It was rare enough, but it's little rice bodies in your knee. I think they're yeah. referred to them as and it's very effective when you remove them. And another one. I have a bad shoulder rotary cuff. Should I operate on it? And how successful would that be? 
Yeah, so rotator cuff injuries are very common uh, as people age. Uh, it's not my area of specialty per se, but, you know, for the most part, we try to improve strength around the shoulder. We treat, treat things non-operatively to begin with. And if there is a complete tear, then that might require surgical intervention. And typically when it's got reasonably early, the, the, the success rates are very high with that type of surgery. I have a 13-year-old who keeps rolling her ankle every couple of months. Any advice? Yeah, ankle so, is difficult, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, ankle uh, very difficult, and obviously putting her, her the thirteen year olds going back into harm's way again, playing sports. So it can represent more generalised ligamentous laxity or hypermobility. We refer to as so that's something potentially to have mm. a physiotherapist or athletic therapist and trainer have a look at. Because um, you know, once the ankle goes, you see it with the professional sports people; yeah. they're always a bit nervous that it's now weakened. Yes, yeah, so that's right, and I've, we're, we're reluctant to operate on children in that setting, particularly with. The, if they have hypermobility but certainly that may warrant something but a, a physiotherapist or an athletic therapist trainer would be able to assess that very well. Uh, pain in the foot for a couple of months travels from the toe area where it's manageable to the ankle area where it's at its worst. X-ray in early stage found no break and the physio hasn't helped much. What next? Yeah, so one, if you can't find anything by a good history or uh, examination and x-rays and show anything, we probably have to up the ante in terms of the radiolo- radiological investigations and perhaps get an MRI scan to look at things. But the, the symptoms are relatively vague, but certainly... Mm. You'd, you'd I mean, could to, you be looking at arthritis? Well, potentially. It depends on the age of the person. Uh, I think that's really key to the diagnosis or the differential diagnosis. You can get age. You also get some tendon issues or some um, just generalised inflammation. My 45-year-old daughter broke her heel four years ago, still in excruciating pain after being treated, can't walk or do very little on it. Any ideas? Yeah, so when you have a fracture in that region, they can give rise to some chronic pain. It can relate to arthritis in the adjacent joints. So that's something that if it's giving a lot of pain, she certainly would probably require further investigations of the other joints to see if there is arthritis there. Um, I had a terrible flare-up following a steroid injection in my shoulder. Nervous now about exercising. Yeah, I think one of the things you can have is a, a steroid flare reaction a few weeks after or a few days after the injection and take some time to settle. I think the key with any joint is we need to keep it moving. If it doesn't move, it gets stiff and that increases the pain. So I would certainly encourage movement and, and supervised mm-hmm. by, by a, a healthcare professional. Now, here's one. Any advice for multiple stress fractures and tendinopathies in foot? Uh, I'm a marathon runner. Yeah, so depending on the gender of that individual, it'd be important just to have a holistic view and see if, there, if there's any issues with the menstrual cycle potentially. Um, and that's something that our sports medicine physicians are fantastic at as, as investigating. So they look at bone density, etc., and do a full overhaul to figure out the source of that problem. Um, another one. I think I have plantar fasciitis and at this stage my whole body's in pain from compensating. What can I do to fix this? I can't keep going on like this. That's from Bernard. Yeah, so plantar fasciitis is, 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 can be very, um, very debilitating. I think one of the things we recognize is that wearing splints at night can be very helpful. Um, and stretching exercise, I think getting a tennis ball under the foot to try to break down some of the, the, the scar tissue fibres in that region. But um, yeah, it, it can be frustrating, but typically it's self-limiting. It does, it does settle down with time. I've had lower back pain for a while. When I bend down, I'm fine, but getting up straight is sore. That's from Joe. 
Yeah, so lower back pain is extremely common in, in society. I think 70% of people will have lower back pain at some point. We, we used to tell people to lie on flat floors and not do anything. Now it's the opposite. We want people to be active. So we want need people to you know, exercise their muscles and increase their flexibility and typically it improves with time. Yeah, and, and obviously make sure it's examined in case yeah, the yeah, prolapse like, disc or something. Yeah, like any of these things, it's important to consult your GP, first of all, or a physiotherapist. All right, Brian, thank you very much. What a, a wealth of information. Brian Devitt is a consultant orthopaedic surgeon at the Sports Surgery Clinic in Santry and professor of orthopaedics and surgical biomechanics at Dublin City University. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.